0: Welcome to the Seek 24 podcast. My name is John Michael Lucido, and this podcast will feature some of our favorite podcasters recorded live at the Spoke Street Media Booth during Seek 24 in St. Louis. We hope these give you a glimpse of the energy and passion from the conference and help you in your faith journey. Enjoy.
1: Hello and welcome to a uh, first episode of a brand new podcast that we're launching here at Seek. It's called Survivor's Bias. We'll get into the name in a minute. My name is Kyle Hyman. And I'm Darnell Miller, and it's a pleasure to be here with all of you today. Yes, yes. Exciting to uh, to have you as part of our, our live studio audience for probably the only time we'll have a live studio audience for the show. Probably, probably. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll enjoy it so much this will be the shtick. <laughs> So one of the things that we wanna talk about is art in the church in this show. And particularly, I think uh, we can be kind of negative about art in the church. And you might say rightfully so. And it, you, know, you can look at today's art, whether it be music or paintings or our churches or music and say, you know, the Renaissance was really when we were killing it. Like Catholics were setting the standard for good art. And where's that gone? Like, where are we today with good art? And so that leads us to the
2: first question that we have of what was the last great thing that you saw,
1: that you experienced, that you heard? And so, Kyle, what was that for you? Uh, the last thing? Like the most recent? The most recent. Oh, man. I, I don't know. Like, um, there's a, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. It's kind of my thing. Got it. And I get it. I have to do. Uh, one one of my favorites is uh, a, a show called Saints Alive, mm-hmm. which is a, an audio drama, particularly for families and stuff. You know, I, it really appeals to children, but it's, it's it gives you an insight into the life of the saint, a drama, you know. So it's like acting and sound effects and stuff like that, and it makes it fun and engaging even for adults.
2: Yeah. So the last thing that I saw that it was really good. Um, wasn't a Catholic thing necessarily. It was the Elvis movie by Boz Lerman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. And it is just beautifully done, masterfully done. And it makes me really appreciate the the, the format of filmmaking, the, the art and the craft of it, and what we can do with storytelling in that regard. And that makes me think of like,
1: where are those movies in the church? Yeah, and I think a lot of times, uh, at least some of the people I hang out with, really like to trash. Christian movies, mm-hmm. right? And be like, yeah, that was a, a pretty horrible, there's no, like, depth to the characters or it's very, you know, uh, insular and, like, makes all the Christians look perfect and all the atheists look horrible kind of thing. Yep, yep. Uh, I do think that we've we've seen a lot of progress in that, especially in the past decade. Absolutely. Things like The Chosen. Yep, The Chosen. Really well done storytelling and things like that. Uh, but I do think, I, I think it asks the question of, like, what, what is our calling as artists, as creators, as consumers mm-hmm. to uh, really having a high level of expectations for ourselves and for the art that we're creating or, and consuming?
2: Yeah, and so I think that's kind of what we want to examine here of kind of digging deep into ourselves, digging into the lives of other creatives, other creators, other uh, entrepreneurs to see what does it take to make something amazing?
1: Yeah, because one of the things, when you say the Renaissance was like our our heyday for the Catholic Church, which I I think has a lot of truth to it, is some of that I wonder is, how much of that is survivor's bias? Like, it's the stuff that has survived, it was the good stuff. I'm sure there was bad art, there was bad music, there were ugly churches made in the Renaissance. They just don't exist anymore because nobody's taken any time to... to Mm. like, preserve them. And if you're not familiar with Survivor's Bias, like, one of the examples that they give for Survivor's Bias is, like, World War II, these planes come back and they've got bullet holes in them, and I don't know if this is a true story or if this is just uh, an an illustration, but they would say, okay, this is where the bullet holes are, this is where we need to reinforce the plane, when in actuality you needed to check the planes that crashed, because these are the ones that that have survived. And you don't examine the survivors for the wounds, but you you look at the ones that have failed. And in business, we can do the same thing of saying, like, uh, you get a lot of influencers on YouTube and stuff of, like, this is how I did it. And if Mm -hmm. you just follow my, if you take my course and do exactly what I did, well, yeah, there might have been a thousand other YouTubers that did very similar things. And you just happened to be the right place at the right time, had the right look, whatever, that... You survived and 999 others didn't.
2: I know. And I can think of like five to 10 to 15 to maybe 100 other podcast ideas that I've started before this, yeah. that I've attempted before this, that haven't made it. Right, right, and right. For, for good reason. And I think it's taking those losses, taking those, those failures and examining them and yep. being realistic, preying on it and saying, well, what, what did I need to do better? How do I need to be better? Um, and then taking the next step and trying again and trusting again.
1: Yeah, and I think we can call out bad art, you know? Like, And, and, and I don't want to be the one to, like, trash stuff, and especially, like, you know, specific things. or anything, But what, where can we shed light and, and, and bring to attention the stuff that is good, the people that are doing it well? Yeah. And, and I think that's going to be the point of the show is, like, every episode, can we point out something, something that's really great? some great art and and bring light to it, bring attention to it. Uh, Also, maybe get get behind the scenes. Like, Mm -hmm. can we talk with a creator and get into their head? Like, what what did you do? How did you come up with the idea? What are some of the failures along the way, you know, that led to the success? Because very seldom do I think things, like, just go perfectly the first time around. If you read any entrepreneur's story, it's usually failure after failure. What is the the, uh, Thomas Jefferson, not Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Edison. It's like, it took... Ten thousand tries to get the light bulb, or yep. whatever, you know, and the Dyson vacuum was like a, thousands of failures before you finally got one that worked. So sometimes it's trying different things. And as an artist, it's like the gap. Iron Glass talks about the gap. I feel like we could do a whole episode on any one of these topics. We but should. Like, that there's, you have to be bad at something before you're good at it. You have to be a bad guitar player before you become a good d- guitar player. You have to be a bad painter before you ever become a good painter. Like, that's it, yeah. just part of the process, and it can be painful, especially when you're like, I want to be great, but this sounds horrible when I play the piccolo. You know, but like, keep practicing, keep working on it. Maybe not in public. You know, maybe you like, work at it in your bedroom before you actually share this with the public. Maybe you make a bunch of YouTube videos that never get posted because they're not good yet, but mm-hmm. you like, you're learning and growing and getting better at it. Maybe recording a lot of music, drawing a lot of, like, work on our our craft before sharing that with the world and try to create something good. But even the first things that we share might not be our best. They will not be
2: our best. But what I think is amazing about being at Seek 2024 is that if you look at the vendors around us, all the people here, we're surrounded by people who have failed countless times, who continue to stand up, continue to make good things, and they're presenting here, they're talking here, they're selling their merchandise here. And so we thought, what a perfect opportunity to reach out to one of them, to invite them to hear their story, yeah. to invite them to share
1: their insights with us. Yeah, so one of my, if you said like, who's somebody that's really doing well in like the creative space and something like that? I would say my friend Scott Williams over at Sock Religious. Scott Williams at Sock Religious. Scott, let's give a round of applause for Scott Williams. He's here, he's gonna join us. Yeah, woo! Uh, Soc Religious is just like a, a fraction of what you're doing now. But uh, if you don't know about sock religious, there's socks that are religious. It's it's kind of very. It's well all in the name. It's all in the name. Uh, maybe just as a few examples, Scott, what socks are you wearing today? I'm wearing Saint Dominic. Saint Dominic. All right. And what's on the sock besides St. Dominic? So
0: Our Lady uh, gave the rosary to St. Dominic, right? So yeah. there is a rosary that is wrapped around it. And then St. Dominic also has uh, a, a dog often depicted with him. So uh, with like a torch. And some people think it looks like a cigar, like the dog is smoking a cigar, <laughs> which is kind of fun. But uh, actually, it's, it's a torch. And he had, a, a I believe, a dream that uh, that he would be... Preaching fire. His mom had, a, had some sort of dream that, that he would set the world on fire through his preaching. And that's where
1: that came from. Yeah, yeah. I am wearing the, uh, the brand new. Oh. <clears throat> Can we get this on camera? Uh, get a stretch. <laughs> the St. Veronica. Beautiful. My youngest child, my daughter, is a Veronica. Darnell, which, which socks are you wearing? So I grew up at a parish called San Jose Lombrero,
2: St. Joseph the Worker. So I had Beautiful. to go with the St. Joseph socks. So right here. Yes. And they are adorned with my favorite quote from St. Joseph yeah. <laughs> at the heel. And if you don't know what that means, go and look at them because it is, it's is—it's very clever.
1: And, and that's what I like about the socks. There, there's a cleverness to it. On the St. Veronica ones, there's a, is it, I, no, V-I. Right, right. V-I. Do you know what that means? Well, I i had to think about what it was, the number. But yeah, it's St. <laughs> it's, it's Veronica's Station of the Cross. That's exactly right. Yep. 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 Which... If you asked me what station is St. Veronica, I wouldn't have been able to tell you until I got the socks. Yeah,
0: station VI.
1: But that's that's the clever, like, it's like a Catholic inside joke. That's right. right? The dog with the torch, inside joke. VI, inside joke. The bottom of the St. Joseph socks, which I have five pair of, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) One one for every day of the work week. Uh, They've got quotations on each end with blank in between. Because he was never quoted in the Bible. That's yeah. right.
0: That's yeah. right. And we usually put a quote on the bottom of the socks, so that way there's something to remember about that. But yeah, that's one of my favorites.
1: So I, I just think there's a certain amount of just, like, fun and goofiness about them. I mean, they're socks, right? Like
0: Yeah. Th- I mean, it definitely has my personality as like as part of it as well. Like, our company kind of has taken on a personality of itself where— you know, it, it, it's fun to be Catholic. Like, I think that we get into this mindset that, like, Catholicism is boring, or that at least that there's a, a, a perception of that. There,
1: there's there's some boring Catholics out there. There, there, there are, are some boring
0: Catholics okay. out there, but there's a lot that are a lot of fun, too. Yeah. And, like, our faith is beautiful and, and amazing, and it should be reverent, but that doesn't mean that you can't have fun in, in the process, right? Yeah. Because fun and humor is attractive, and that's what we want to do. That's yeah. true. That's true. And so... Why the socks, though? Like, how was that <laughs> the idea that won? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So I, I worked in Catholic youth ministry for about 10 years. That's where Kyle and I met originally. Yeah. And uh, I was working at the Archdiocese of Indianapolis when uh, toward the end of that career, and I was wearing a suit and tie to work most days, and socks became the fun thing that, that I, I, I wore to work because— uh, I had to be a little bit more professional. Mm-hmm. And then, so I'd wear like donut socks on National Donut Day, or I'd wear, <laughs> uh, you know, American flag socks to to celebrate the patriotic holidays. And uh, one day, my wife and I were just driving to Chicago, and we thought, well, wouldn't it be fun to celebrate feast days instead of, uh, you know, these national holidays that are sometimes made up? Yeah. So, we thought, well, why not? So we'll, let's make some socks. I, I looked at Google real quick and, and nobody was, was doing this yet. So we were like, well, what if we wore, you know, St. Michael's socks on the Feast of the Archangels? Or we got yeah. to wear our St. Joseph's socks on the one of many St. Joseph feast days. <laughs> so that was kind of the idea behind it. But what we, we found is that it's become much more than that. That's the original idea.
1: But it, it can be a very subtle way to evangelize, right? You're just wearing the socks and if somebody happens to see them and they ask like, oh, what, what's on your socks? Tell them, yeah, it's, uh, this is St. Veronica. And yeah. Then, you know, you get, it's like, a, it's a foot in the door. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> write that down, Josh. Um, no, yeah,
0: so it's it's, it's definitely a, a conversation starter. We, we like to say that we start conversations through joyful products. So when I was working in, in ministry, and I'm sure a lot of the, the focus missionaries that are on campuses can really relate to this as well, that... I always thought that the hardest part about evangelization was really starting the conversation. And yeah. the socks themselves don't evangelize. That'd be cool <laughs> if they did. But we are the the people that that need to evangelize. But, uh, you know, if somebody sees a fun, decorated sock with somebody that they're not sure about, it's definitely a, a door to start that conversation. And then we get the opportunity to then share our witness of faith in some capacity. And And sometimes we can also tell a story about the saint on the socks as well because there's fun little, you know, talking points
2: little tidbits about
1: it yeah. yeah so how often do you get people requesting saints for their socks oh constantly and like some saints I've never even heard of before like
0: people love the devotions that they, they, they have but, but yeah all, all the time
1: so I've got four kids yep and you've got three of the socks already is today
0: the day that I get a, another suggestion yes,
1: yes <laughs> it is because <laughs> I've got the Sebastian socks we've got yep. the St. Francis socks I've got the Veronica socks now I've got an Xavier Paul. So either one. Okay. If you could do a St. Francis Xavier or St. Paul. Do you have the St. Paul socks? Uh, that seems like an easy one. Do we? Yeah, we do. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Recently, within the last year. Well, well, I've all right. On I got, I'll get them. I have over. some shopping okay. to do. Okay. Not in kids' size, probably. No, not in kids' size. Yeah, okay. But th- that's the cool thing. you got kid, adult kids' <laughs> socks, <laughs> adult socks, everything. And you can then, grow like, into them. And, of course, like now you've expanded into T-shirts and that's mugs right. and... Everything. Yeah. So here, here's how. How do you decide which is the next sock that you're yeah.
2: gonna
0: do? So usually we, we we try to do it out in advance because we make the socks in house. So like for us uh, to plan, prepare, we we try to do it uh, far far out in advance. So
1: and we, hang on. Whenever you say you make them in house, you're literally like weaving the sock together in. House, like yeah, in Indianapolis, Indianapolis,
0: Indiana, we have wow. ten, ten knitting machines. Yeah. With we go wow. from 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 yarn to to final final product out the door. Yeah, um, it's it's been a, 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 a that's not the way it's it started, but it's the way that, yeah. that we, we've kind of grown into, which is it's been a, a, a journey. But the uh, yeah, so w- we try to plan out at least you know four or five months in advance, and we'll do kind of three. We'll decide a quarter at a time. So we'll ask. Uh, in three different categories. One, we sent out messages on social media. I actually think one went out yesterday and we just said like, hey, yeah. it's that time of year again. We're planning out our, our roster. What do you want to see? And uh-huh. we we get some feedback from there. We have a running list of when people like send us email and say like, hey, we, you don't have St. Kevin yet. And we'll like, <laughs> oh, all right, we'll write down St. <laughs> Kevin. So we consult that list. We also look on our website to see like what are saints that people are searching for on our site that we don't have?
1: Oh. So that's we we yeah. use that
0: a little bit as well. Um and then there's also just still like heavy hitters that we know would would be uh b- you know big big name saints that we need to to get add to the to the roster.
1: Can you give us a scoop like what's coming out next?
0: Um if I knew them off the top of my head, I, I definitely
2: could. <laughs> okay, that's so, embarrassing. I don't know. I want to I want to take this back though. So yeah. this is like this is not something you could have ever dreamed of doing, right? So no, growing up, like, what was the goal? Like, what did you want to be? What did you want to do? And what were the doors that God opened for you to end up where you're at now? How did you recognize that call? Yeah, when I was in college,
0: I I wanted to actually go into law enforcement, and I, I so I graduated from. <laughs> uh, uh, from undergrad as during, during a recession. And when I, when I graduated, I, I wanted to work in some type of public service, whether that was as a police officer or uh, you know, for like a, a city or, or something like that. And there, the entire city was on a hiring freeze. So there was no, like there was two jobs in the city of Indianapolis, like proper, like the entire city, every level of government, every, everything. One was the city controller and the other one was lifeguard. And I was not qualified for either one of those Goodness. so i, I uh, uh so that was kind of the the goal when I graduated from from uh uh college i i did i don't even, i don't know if they do it anymore but I did the crossroads walk which is like a pro life yeah, walk yeah. across mm-hmm. the country you wear the pro life shirt yep and that that was actually more of like i went into it more as an, as an adventure than it was uh like I'm I i, I I'm like at that level in my faith. So that was actually something that really drew me in a, a lot, a lot deeper. And when I, so during that time, you actually go to mass every single day at a different church as you walk across the country. You pray the rosary every day, you do the litany of the hours. It's a very intense spiritual exercise. I became very much more Catholic during those three months. When I came back, I started going to daily mass on a regular basis again. I got, uh, and then when you go to daily mass as a single young man at your family parish, then like people like, well, he, he, he should be a priest. And I was like, well, I don't feel that call right now. But I, I got into youth ministry, which I thought I would hate. But then I found out that, oh, I really actually love this. I love being on the journey with people. Um, but it was still during the recession. So I went into the alcohol uh, industry. I was a wine salesman, which is a recession-proof industry. Um, Unfortunately. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, people drink when it's a good time, and people drink when it's a poor right. time. But... That, so I did that for about eight months and I learned kind of tactical sales, but I was still doing the youth ministry thing. So I went into youth ministry. This turned out to be a long answer to a short question. <laughs> and um, and, and I, I loved it. So I did that for 10 years. I worked at a parish for three years. I worked at the diocese. I got a master's degree in pastoral um, ministry. I had no desire to, to leave that. Um, but there was like, this was just kind of a fun idea that came up and turned into a real thing, and like, and we knew that we couldn't ignore what was happening in front of us. Like, people loved the product, and we had to continue after. That.
1: Was it a side hustle?
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah, it was definitely a side hustle. It was something that we did like on the weekends. And what happened is, I, I started working on it. Like, I, I'd wake up early to work on the business. I'd, uh, you know, work on customer service for a, a half hour during my lunch break, and then into the evening, it started eating into family time. So we jumped into it full time then
1: what's something that you learned during the process of like what not to do, or like if you had to do it over, is there something you would have done differently? Um, I, I think the,
0: the, the the biggest thing that, that, that makes companies successful and the biggest thing that, that, that is, it's going to be everybody's cliche answer, but it's people like people are always the answer. And I've, I've done a phenomenal, uh, uh, I, I have a phenomenal team. Like, and I, I wish I would have, like, the answer is always, I wish I would have done something sooner or made a decision sooner. We, we've been really fortunate to have an incredible group of people that have, have been a part of the mission that we are doing that have been bought in. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I, I think that the biggest thing that I would say, that if I could do something different, would be to be better and learn the skill better of being able to share the vision of where we're heading as a company. So, like, you can have the great, peop- greatest people in the, the world, but if you don't know where the ship is sailing, like, it's really hard for people to get on board, and that wasn't always a skill set of mine. Like, what happens between my ears was not always something that came out of my mouth. So I've mm-hmm. had to learn, really, uh, to do that in different and, and more effective ways.
2: Yeah. Okay. And so I, I, I like that you said, like, you, you lead with, like, it's the people, right? And so what do you think is important to look at when you're, like, Choosing to align yourself with like uh, with an organization with a group of people when you're hiring whatever that may be because not everybody's going to go start a company right um, but other people like they want to have good jobs they want to have a good company culture they want to have good work life balance yeah like how do you consider those things as you're working is it like you you step into it and then you adjust on the fly or are there criteria that you should you know we should meet before you even step into the possibility like, like ty- types of em- employees or, or well no no more of the uh, like how do you make sure that there's a good work culture surrounding oh, yeah. whatever you enter, and like what are things to watch out for to make sure that that either exists or doesn't exist so you know yeah so we 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 live and breathe on what we consider to be the
0: core values of our of our company mm-hmm. and um you, you know we're we're a public not a public company, but we're, we're we're not we're a private private company we're not a nonprofit organization so mm-hmm. uh while we don't necessarily put the word like God and and Jesus into those core values, uh, they're, they're rooted in the, you know, Catholic social teaching. So what we, what we try to do is, and we, we live and breathe by that. So we, we hire, we fire, we, we, we promote and reward people based on how they're living that out. So I would say personality and, and, and culture is very big to us because we, we, we need those people to, to, to live and breathe what we're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that make sense? That does make yeah. sense. Yeah, that's exactly the answer we
1: were looking for, yeah. Well, and I think with, when we're talking about quality artwork, uh, how how have you prioritized that? And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you've failed at it at times. You mm-hmm. feel like, yeah, we put out something out and it's like we had to redesign it or something yeah. like that. Because I think so often... We we get this impression of like it was good for a Catholic thing, like, yeah. like like she's a good musician for a Catholic musician, or it was a good movie for a Christian movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it's, like substandard like expectations. Like where do you put expectations, and how important is that to the, to the culture?
0: Yeah, I, I'd put that in like two different. I mean, one of our core values is excellence. Like we mm-hmm. like like we charge. $15.99 for, for a pair of socks, which is like a very expensive pair of socks, but it's also a really ridiculously high quality pair of socks. And we we spare no expense to make sure that the the quality meets that expectation uh, be, beyond measure. So we have uh, really high quality control standards. But like from the other side of that question, more on like the beauty of the, the product, I think it's also being okay with like saying, okay, that's the one that we did, but we can do it better now. So like, we've learned more, we've gotten better. Let's do it again. And like not being afraid to say, like, let's, let's try that again, even though it's going to be more work.
1: Yeah. How often have you redesigned a Saint sock? um, We we do it actually
0: pretty consistently, which is kind of a, a pain, but like going through like the process of, of developing the manufacturing process in house, like we had to realign our standards based on what we could do versus what we had made before. So mm-hmm. part of that we were forced into, but part of it was also like a choice.
2: Yeah, I think that's an, an important thing to stress or to talk about, right? That idea of like iteration, of keeping yeah. them trying, of like making a thing, recognizing that it's falling short of the ideal version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, that's all you can do, right? That's given the technology you have, given the skill set that you have. Yeah. But that desire to continue to improve when you have the technology to do so, when you have the skill set to do so, and then improving it. Is what makes us better, and what makes it's what makes your socks good. Yeah, so that's awesome. Again, another core value. This turned out to
0: be a core value speech, but another yeah. one. One is like innovation, like always continually trying to get better, to make re, reinvent ourselves to be to be better. Like we consistently are trying to do that, so it's really important for us. And sometimes, like my team, it's annoying to them, but like it's it's part of who we are,
1: which like kind of gets into a, a question of like. What what is the balance that you see or maybe what would you challenge us to is like there's one side that says like just start putting mm-hmm. stuff out there like yep. just start your YouTube channel just start like getting it out there and you're going to improve as you go versus another extreme would say like keep working at your craft before you have and then put out something that's excellent yeah like at what point is like let's learn by doing versus let's let's work on it, and like once we finally got it, like bam, here it is it's perfect,
0: yeah, I'm very much more on the former than the latter on okay. that, so i i I think that the the biggest thing is knowing when to course correct and like when to and like and the market will tell you yeah. like that's the biggest thing is like the market will tell you whether or not something is 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 good or bad, and we like we've experienced that in different ways, but like i i I think that you can you can get into that, that uh, analysis by paralysis situation where you can look at every, every flaw, every possibility. But again, like start the conversation, do the thing, like let the Holy Spirit intercede. I mean, or like if you're clearly hearing the Lord tell you like not to do something, you can also listen to that, but don't be like, I mean, over and over again, and the most common phrase in the Bible is be not afraid, right? Like putting yourself out there is okay. And even if it's not the best, like, you will get better because you put it out there. Same thing with, like, goals. If you tell people what your goals are, or where you're headed, you're more likely to stick to that. If you keep it to yourself and, like, think about it and, like, decide and get, have that friction, then, you know, you can change that goal in your head seven
2: times. Absolutely. And as you, you say all this, right, what does a, um, a support system look like for you? Like, you know, you're putting it out there. You're saying mm-hmm. these are the, these are the goals that I have, the expectations that I have. Um, what do your friends say? What does your family say? How do they support you in achieving those goals?
0: Yeah, I mean, some of them are like, are people still, still buy my, buying those stocks. <laughs> do you really have a real yeah. business? And like, it's it's, it's, the it's disbelief still yeah. exists.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> there, I mean, there's some of that, but like, we've 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 built a, a company, an organization that that's been been thriving. I, I've, we've got a team of people that are bought in on our mission, and I have an incredible leadership team that that has, has been phenomenal for me. But but the biggest thing for me is I've also been very aware that I need mentorship in my life. So mm-hmm. I've been big in the world of, of trying to find people that get what I'm doing, and they've been able to pour into me in different ways and just being able to you know bounce ideas, questions off them
1: that, in ways that I wouldn't be able to do in different ways. Cool. So one of the things, we want to highlight people that are doing great art in the church on this show, why we invited you here. But I guess one question to extend to you is... Yeah. Who do you think is doing a great job right now? What's something that you've been impressed by? A person that's really doing great work in the church, or, or just like, I guess anywhere too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to be at a Focus event and be at Seek and not think about the magnitude of what Focus is doing for the church. Yeah. I, I am I'm legitimately incredibly inspired by the work uh, that's been put on, and like think about. You know, pipeline and dreaming. This started, you know, twenty five some odd years ago, right? Mm. And to see what it is today, and I, I, I would say that I'm also somewhat of a. I was like focus was on my campus the the year I graduated, and one of the things that got me to go back to church was a a focus missionary, mm. and like I was never in wow. like the, the the whole pipeline, but but that's the power of invitation. That's the, that's the beauty of invitation. It was someone offered me a piece of cake uh, on Mary's birthday and invited me to
1: church. That was it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And like for anybody that's here at seek, you see the production that's going on Mm -hmm. and you can see like, all right, they, they're kind of putting a lot of investment into this, right? Yeah. There's a lot of ways that they could cut corners and make it cheaper. And it wouldn't be as great of an experience for people. Yep. But they're like pulling out the stops.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Even like
1: the stage is like well decorated and it's, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I think even on like an artistic level and an investment in quality, mm-hmm. like they've obviously made this a priority here at SEEK and yeah. in, in, in the ministry that they do with the missionaries as well. Absolutely. That's a great example.
2: Cool. Thanks. And I think we just want to... <laughs> He is. And I think we want to end with just say, asking you for just like a nugget of wisdom that you can offer mm. other people who are in the boat of like, I want to do something. I want it to be beautiful and I want it to be good and I want it to serve others. But I don't know where to start or I'm afraid. Yeah. Like, what do you say? I, it's a little bit redundant from
0: what we talked about earlier, but just do it. Like, put yourself out there, do it. Be okay failing. Like, failing's okay. Yeah. Um. I, I, you know... I, I think that that's the biggest thing is like when I, uh, I'll give the example of when I was in uh, working in ministry and you know, the decision, a lot of entrepreneurs that have been in different situations have all often asked me like, when do I go into it full time? Yeah. Right. And like, I think that it, it is a hard decision it's a because there's like, there's mm-hmm. risk and there's stability yeah. in what you're doing. But like, there's a reason that you're good at the things that you're doing. And there's a reason that what you have has traction, but like you, it's okay to fail and it's okay to then course correct. And I, I just decided that, you know, I could find another job if I needed to. If this didn't work out, I could still support my family because, hmm. because I don't know. I think I'm valuable. <laughs> yeah. I believe in myself. I believe in you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Don't always believe in me. Well, thank you, Scott, for joining us. Scott Williams, sock religious it's Right. Uh, t-shirts and stuff you can find from you can get there from Socreligious. yeah or or
0: CatholicConcepts.com is kind of the the umbrella company that has all the different things that we're going into but Socreligious is a good place to go to it's just
1: it's so fun to see like this just explode and uh, I think every third Facebook post that I see is a Socreligious ad oh good the internet's (laughs) working so you're you're paying for my Facebook (laughs) I think that's what's happening (laughs) so thanks for joining us and uh, thank you all for listening Uh, this will be part of the Seek podcast, but also you can subscribe to Survivor's Bias in any podcast app. And we're going to be exploring all kinds of different creative ventures and, and things that we appreciate and some of the behind the scenes behind people that are creating awesome stuff. Yeah. Thank you for being here with us today.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more info on the SEEK conference, visit Seek. Focus.org. This episode of the Seek 24 podcast was produced by Spoke Street. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.